Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome back to Mind Pump. This is the fitness show that doesn't even care. <laughs> At all. We just don't care. We don't just, care? Yeah. No, we don't give a shit. I feel like we care a little bit. I care about, about you. About people. Yeah, no, we care about people. Not anything else. We don't care about pissing off Zero people, fucks. We don't. We like people, we just don't yeah. care if we piss them off. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no. I agree. I, uh, think, I think we're due for that. So, too. we were... Uh, oh, by the way, I'm here with Adam Schaefer <laughs> and Justin Andrews. <laughs> and you're... <laughs> oh, Arsenio Hall, apparently. <laughs> And That's you're the li- extension of, of Adam's intro. Though. And you're listening to <laughs> Salami Stabone in the background. Okay, so um, we were looking at questions here to do a QA, and a because you know how we, we like to do Q&As. And there was a question that came up that I thought would make a great episode. Um, the first part of this question is actually uh, geared towards you, Adam. This is a, this is a, Ooh, a question. It it's a question for you. All right. Okay. You, I know you, I'm sure it's going to be. Here, okay, never mind. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Right. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how handsome yeah, would you I, consider I, I, yourself? Always, I give you some shit. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all ten, 11. well, if I had to break this down mathematically, <laughs> 15. So the question, this is from Yogi2Extreme, one of our uh, loyal Mind Pump listeners, uh, mind, uh, Pump Head. All right. Um, the question is, uh, Adam, why did you give up your cannabis club? Oh. Yeah. So oh. so we should tell the, you know, let the listeners know what uh, what business you were in uh, well, we t- if you, beforehand. If, obviously, uh, is this a girl or a guy? Who's this? Yogi to extreme. I don't know. I okay, it's, a girl. Well, it's not that it matters. That much. Is, I'm like, what's the difference? Well, I was going to address he or she. So if you know whoever this is, uh, <laughs> it obviously has been listening to our episodes in the beginning because we did. I did. It's a girl. I, okay, so I did mention. So she obviously listened to. Uh, whatever episode this was that we talked about this because I did mention it briefly. That's probably the episode we called uh, this episode is dope. No, was, no, no, no. I don't think we talked about no? it in the marijuana no. episode. We talked. You know what episode we talked about it? We talked about it when we talked about um, what we did before career wise. Oh, the right, bus- right, right, Businesses right. we done. I right, briefly right. discussed it. So ah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I. Uh, <clears throat> they weren't mine. I didn't own them. I ran them. Uh, uh, and I had a client of mine who was uh, that I used to personal train, and he gave me this opportunity. Uh, to run this, which ironically, before I had gotten involved in this, I really wasn't into marijuana at all. In fact, uh, I was kind of the the opposite. I was kind of the poster boy of like anti marijuana. I was like, you know, everybody I knew that smoked weed was kind of a loser, and they didn't get shit done. And like, yeah, look at all those losers, yeah. Michael Phelps, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Barack Obama. This was before Michael Phelps, but came a couple out, of but, losers. But, yeah, they came out, but so I, you know, I kind of had this that that attitude of you know I was not a not a big fan. Of it. Now, of course, this was my own personal experience because I didn't experience it until I was in my twenties. And the first couple times I did, I had a really bad experience. You got paranoid? Yeah. Well, you know, I nobody gave me, like, didn't tell me that, like, you can, like, smoke too much. You know, I, <laughs> you're like, I, cause I remember, and I remember asking, like, my dumb friends when I was younger, being like, 
hey, so what, you know, can I do overdose? Like, no, you can't overdose on marijuana. You can have as much as you want. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to do, and then I had buddies telling me like, well, you might not get high the first time, so you might not feel it. So I'm like, well, okay, well, I want to make sure I feel it. So I'm going to smoke a lot, right? And if I can't <laughs> overdose, then what am I worried about? So, you know, my dumb ass is sitting around a table with a bunch of buddies that have been smoking their whole life. And here I am out smoking all of them the very first time. And yeah, of course, I fucking was hearing things and <laughs> paranoid as shit. Like, is, my, is my heart beating? Yeah, I know. Is my heart beating? Like, yeah, literally, I'm dying. I, yeah, literally, my heart felt like I was going to beat out of my chest. So I'm like, okay, this drug is not for me. I'm not doing this ever again. So yeah, I became this anti guy because of that. Well, fast forward about eight years later, I'm in my late 20s. And I got a client who I'm training, and he he tells me what he's trying to do. Now we're in the Bay Area, and yeah, that's a, yeah. I was just gonna say we should preface that. Yeah, no, this, let, is, this is all perfectly legal, state state legal. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll get there with yeah. the story. So I, I promise I won't leave any these important details out. You can ask me if I do. Uh, you know, so we're in the Bay Area at this time. Uh, Los Angeles is is cracking with cannabis already. They've already got three, four hundred clubs down there, and it's making its way up to the Bay Area. And now what I am pro is I love to be on the front end of business. Um, I am an entrepreneur by heart. I am always up and up on, I shouldn't say always, I like to be up and up on what's what's new and you know hot and what's coming up and that's what appealed to me. So when he talked to me about running these clubs and the reason why he asked me to run these clubs, he, he'd seen me run uh, the gyms that I was at. He'd been a part of that, seen that for a couple of years and he was impressed with my ability to run staff and manage and blah, blah, blah. And so he gave me the opportunity to run his facilities. Now, at the time when he offered this to me, you know, they had the idea that they were going to get like 10 or 12 of these things and be the the first 10 or 12. And he knew people that were tied in politically into the city that they were going to put, um, what is the name of the term I'm looking for? Uh, not an ordinance, but a, God, for a lack of better words, it basically is what it is, is uh, where a, a Monitorium? Uh, no, what am I? Th- I can't. Mamator- oh, I don't know. Moratorium? Moratorium? <laughs> uh, maybe. Moratorium? Mammogram? No, not a mammogram, dude. <laughs> Whatever. I can't. So basically, what it is is that, okay, the city says it's the limit of how many it can Oh, cars. right, right, right. And he had inside info that it was going to be 12, and it was only going to be 12, and then we were going to try and monopolize. We were going to try and get a hold of like literally 12 of them, and you know, I was going to run a few of them. And long story short, we ended up getting two of them. And, you know, it's two of the first ones that ever hit San Jose. So it was uh, quite the experience being one of the first because this is still the gray area, too. So, yes, it's legal. Yes, cannabis clubs. But anybody that knows much about this industry and knows when I first got into it, when it was very, very new, it was like, okay, there it wasn't illegal to do it, but then nobody wanted to lease you any space. Nobody wanted to. You're still a liability. Yeah, exactly. Nobody wanted to okay it. It was just a. It was a real pain in the ass. Well, it's still a lot of cops didn't know if it was illegal or not illegal. Well, it was crazy. It was like, still. It was still and still is today federally illegal. Hmm. So even though the state legalized it, the feds let up on that. Well, no. Well, the feds aren't going to uh, spend money. Yes, they, on going they, after. They just but, came out and said they're not. They're they will no longer prosecuting. But when you were in it, oh, yeah. they were they were raiding. Oh yeah, absolutely. Somebody. They were raiding. So so here you are. You're following the. I mean, there's people in some medical marijuana states 
who not only are following the law to a T, they'll have cameras up everywhere recording everything. They will they will have sheriffs come down, look at everything on a regular basis. They'll have the cameras available for you know the the state um, legislators look and see what we're doing. And yet the feds will go in there and take these people and throw them in jail for life for doing everything perfectly state yeah, legal. So and, the, and so this was a so lot. So it's still scary. This is yeah. the, okay. If you talk about um, some of the scariest times in my life. This is definitely rates in the top three for sure of what this experience was like for me, just like you said. Um, and we could definitely turn this into four or five episodes if I were to start sharing different stories and situations that happened to me during this this whole two year stint that I was doing this. And when I would also I mean, just when I went down to City Hall to get my business license for it. Um, you there wasn't a thing back then for medical marijuana or cannabis clubs. I mean, it was so fresh and new that they didn't even have that. So we, we'd have to go under something like, I think we were like uh, herbal herbal supplementation something, you know? Mm-hmm. And then our landlord, we had to sign some things in that we were something completely different than what we really were just so we could like fly under the radar and, and operate. And, you know, it was, it was very sketchy. And then, like you said, there'd be times, I remember, I remember seeing like, I'll never forget one time across the street was like a SWAT team parked. Oh, and they were like getting ready to like raid somebody's house or do something totally different than what we were. But we thought they were prepping to come into us. And it was like frantically getting everybody out of there, grabbing as much product and cash as you possibly could, like loading it up. No, in our, no wonder potheads are always paranoid. Oh, loading it in our vehicles, <laughs> taking off with it. And then we take it and then it's like at my house. Yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing right now? <laughs> like, I just like took one scenario and just totally escalated. Like, I'm like thinking to myself, they're going to take my house away. They're going to do all this uh. stuff. So I would, you know, all the time. It was sketchy. Now, that's not why I stopped because, you know, it got easier and better as time went on. At one point, I stayed with it all the way till there was a hundred something clubs still in there. And then it became a little bit more norm. Although when I say a little bit more norm, it was, you know, I wasn't completely freaking out every single day. It was a little less stressful. Maybe it was only stressful once every two weeks instead of like every fucking day. Mm. Um, but this is the type of stuff that we, we would have to go through. And what I got really tired of is a couple things. One. Uh, and I'm sure if you're a cannabis owner and you're listening to this, please don't take offense to this because there's exceptions to the rule. But for the most part, a majority of these guys are idiots. And, you know, I, I came in because I, I thought we were going to be a part of this movement and we we're going to change things and we we're going to do it a certain way. Now, unfortunately, a, a majority of these cannabis owners are in the backdoor hustle, are doing things completely shady. And if you're somebody who wants to operate this business legitimately and try and make a, a legitimate income off of it, it became really difficult really fast. So the first year was great. It was phenomenal because it was still fresh. It was new. It was one of the first clubs. And then after time, what started happening was it, it turned into like price wars and backdoor shit going on and stuff. And if you wanted to try and keep up with it, you would have to start to do things like that. And we just refused to, to take those chances because we were all, we already felt sketched. Well, what's funny is the laws actually pr- uh, promoted some of this backdoor shit because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but... The federal government made it uh, made it illegal for any banks to do business with cannabis clubs. Yes, and so now you're a cannabis club. You're trying to do everything legit. You're trying to do everything state law, and no bank will take your money. So now you're operating cash. You're up all cash. Yes, no one will take your money. Where are you going to put it? And the reason why they did this is so they could come after you with the IRS. And and, and that, so it's like it's like everything they did made it worse rather than making it making it more legitimate, you know, legitimized. And that that was the game. That was the game was always like 
yeah, this is illegal, but this is illegal. This is legal, but that's illegal. Right. So it's like, you know, you would get you would get two steps forward, just to have to take three steps back in every part of the business. So it was this constant headache. You know, we were constantly pumping our money into uh, PR and GR, you know, all the time trying to, uh, you know, and here's a here, I'll tell you this and God, I don't know how much I should talk about this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're getting yeah, deep, Mike. Yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm starting to ramble and I'm like, God, I better be careful how I say this. But uh, let's put it this way. It opened up my eyes a lot about uh, the political game when it comes to uh, business and how things are really run in a city. And I can't imagine what it, it's love, it, it, how it is on a, on a much larger scale. So, you know, a lot of shadiness. Um, and a lot of shady characters and a lot of, you know, honestly, like a lot of people I didn't like doing business with and dealing with, uh, I'm a fitness guy by heart. I love that. That's my passion. Um, I absolutely fell in love with cannabis and its benefits and the things that came from it. But as far as a business, uh, those days, to be honest with you, like if you're somebody who's thinking about doing it, it's not what it's cracked up to be. And yeah, someone might sell you that dream. It is. But don't get it twisted, you know. If well, you're, because here's the thing: if you if do your do your homework on what it costs now to get the permits, what it costs uh, taxation. So you have city tax, you have regular tax, you have your sales tax. So you're getting nailed by like forty something percent. And then on top of that, you have price wars with clubs that are around you that are doing illegal backdoor shit. So right. if someone drops, let's say, a price of an eighth, which is something that should go for you know fifty to seventy dollars based off the quality of it, right? Well take half of that right off the bat is going straight to taxation and then take which the- I find extreme I mean can is can you be any more hypocritical than to say this is illegal we're gonna bust you oh give us taxes on it though oh, we yeah. want the money oh yeah like that is some that is some gangster shit it is yeah. that's what that's what I'm saying the you know and that's where I gotta be careful about what I say but let's just say the biggest gangsters are not the people running the clubs yeah. <laughs> you they look like they're the biggest gangsters yeah. but they're not the biggest gangsters well I mean the cannabis industry now it's become more and more legit um you're you know the the feds are kind of backing off a little bit there's a there's a an act right now in congress um that they haven't voted on yet but when if they do it will legalize it will reschedule marijuana to schedule two which means it can be legalized medicinally so um if that passes then states could, could legalize it medicinally like they are now with zero fear of any uh, federal, uh, you know, uh, federal agencies coming in and fucking with them because at the moment we're cool, but if a different president comes in or, or politics change, mm-hmm. everybody's screwed because a lot of people don't realize if you look at all substances that are regulated by the government, there's a scheduling uh, system. Schedule one is most illegal. It means no medicinal value, no value whatsoever. It's very difficult to, for scientists to study. Basically, they want this off the face of the earth. There's zero uh, uh, uses for it. Schedule two is more of your medicinal stuff. There's some medical value. And, and then it goes down to scheduling and so forth. So schedule three is even less illegal and so on. Schedule one, marijuana is in schedule one. It's actually more illegal on a federal level than crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> so they're saying marijuana is more dangerous um, and more addictive than crystal meth. So we need to make it you know, priority number one. And so this is this is what they're aiming to change to reschedule it. Um, and not that I, not to, not even to go off on a, a rant, but if you look at the science right now uh, on the medicinal uh, um, benefits of cannabinoids um, that are found in marijuana, they're incredible. Um, as a matter of fact, GW Pharmaceutical, which is a company that makes uh, pharmaceutical drugs from the cannabis plant, they just got uh, their there's. Uh, stage three trial, I believe, came out with an epilepsy drug, drug, excuse me, uh, based with uh, cannabidiol, which is a, a cannabinoid found in marijuana. 
incredibly, incredibly successful in treating children with untreatable forms of epilepsy. And it's very difficult for these uh, pharmaceutical companies or for scientists to even study these things in the States. So a lot of these studies are going on overseas because we have this draconian laws here in the States where they won't let you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You from what, uh, England? Yeah, that that's the, it's an English pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in the belief that, look, if, if I, first of all, I think we should get rid of all victimless crimes. If I think if there's no victim, there should be no crime. So if you're doing nothing but hurting yourself, why are we going to throw your ass in jail and ruin everything? You know, we're going to help you, Mr. You know, drug user, by throwing your ass in jail, making it impossible for you to get a job. So now you have to become a drug dealer when you get out. Does that <laughs> right. make any sense? It makes you really whatsoever? want to change. It makes no sense whatsoever. And, uh, you know, there used to be this big debate. Um, there has been this big debate as to whether or not it's better if the drug war has been a success or a failure. I don't even know why there's a debate. The drug war has been an absolute failure. We spent over a trillion dollars since the, uh, the the launch of the drug war. Um, we have one of the highest, if not the highest, incarceration rates in the free world. We have more people in jail than co- certain communist countries, all because of nonviolent drug offenses such a crock of shit bro. it's it's insane and then on top of that we now have real world example of what happens when you change your policy the country of portugal who at the time i believe is, is like 12 years ago they had one of the highest addiction rates and drug use <laughs> rates in in europe they tackled the drug war completely differently they they actually decriminalized all drugs i'm not just talking about marijuana like cocaine meth everything decriminalized and if you get caught with it, you get a ticket. Um, and if you can choose to go to therapy or you know take some of their courses or whatever, twelve years later, um, drug use is down, addiction rates are down, as, um, uh, disease rates are lower. Uh, it, it's been an unequivocal success. As a matter of fact, all the people who were against it in Portugal now are saying, "Man, I made a huge mistake. This uh, this is this has been one of the best things that we've ever done." And in our own country, I mean, you guys have learned about prohibition, alcohol prohibition. Right? Well, yeah, you can compare that to like uh, countries that where the alcohol age limit is lower and stuff too. Like you meet somebody from across seas where you know alcohol level is way lower, and you know they don't. By the time they're twenty one, they don't even care about drinking because right. they can because you've right. been able to your whole life. It's right. not a big deal, you know. So, so when it comes to you know marijuana, I, I'm the person that look. I think it should be slightly regulated. You know, have give people an, you know have an age limit. I think it should definitely be legalized for medical use or at least study. Jeez, let scientists study it. This is crazy. Why can't they even study it? It's yeah. insane. Well, here's here's some here's some more information for you too if you're somebody who was asking this question because you you possibly would think about getting involved in one yourself because I have had a couple people inbox me when they found out that I did. And uh when it does get like when it when it will be good to get into or when it will be like normal or you know regulated correctly or like a normal business it'll be too late the government will already have put their hands on it they have enough patents right now yeah. they're already growing huge amounts in places that places we don't even know that are getting set up that when it when it gets when it's ready to really rock and roll and like it becomes fair game for anyone and everyone that wants to make business out of it it's gonna get it's gonna get monopolized yeah. right out the gate by guess who? Yeah. Well, you know what I think is funny. You, you're talking about how the you know who's running the industry now. If you look at the names of the marijuana strains, it's pretty obvious stoners, right? Now, you know, or the or the ones that kind of started everything. Um, incidentally, I've been telling and I know people in the industry, and I've been telling them like, well, stop naming strains of marijuana after freaking cereals and you know <laughs> bubblegum Kush and. You know, if you want it to be legitimized, like name it things that sound a little bit more professional. That's that's always been my opinion because otherwise it sounds kind of stonerish. And then the other thing is the edibles. Like they're making like chocolate crispy cereal and you know uh, 
cookies and cotton candy. And it's like if you want it to be treated like, you know, medicine and really be legitimate with it, you know, you can't make, you know, like these type of treats and stuff as fun as they may be for some people. Um, so nonetheless, there's actually a second part to this question, though, Adam. What's that? Uh, uh, oh, you know, before I do that, I, I want people to, uh, if listeners, look this up yourself. Patent number 663507. This is the government, U.S. government patent on marijuana. So while they say marijuana is no use, no use medicinally, is very bad for you, they hold a patent on it for the for, for medicinal use themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Pretty interesting. So the second question um, that Yogi Two Extreme uh, has is she wants to know how often we, we utilize it and does it affect our athletic performance, um, you oh, know, okay. so like in the gym, which I think is a, this is a good question. You know, does it affect athletic performance and how often should someone use it so um i think i'll jump into that with in terms of how often someone should use it um it can be abused um but so can you know candy bars um so i I think how often you 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 need to use it um it depends on the individual now i do probably about as much as you should candy bars (laughs) yeah exactly um now i use it personally i use it for medicinal reasons um that's not to say that I don't enjoy it every once in a while. I don't enjoy the side effects of it, which they'll call the high. Um, but I do use it medicinally. I do use strains that are high in uh, cannabidiol and low in THC. So they're very, uh, many times they're not even psychoactive, um, but they do help me with um, irritable bowel uh, syndrome, which is something that I, I have um, and I can get. And it does help quite a bit. In terms of athletic performance, this is interesting now. There's been a couple articles that have been out with endurance athletes, long, long distance runners and cyclists who say it enhances their performance in long-distance sports, which I find kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, now, the science will say that it, it reduces reaction time, reduces explosive power. Um, I can attest to that. Uh, you know, I've lifted weights um, under the influence. It's, it's, I don't necessarily get great workouts, but I can see doing monotonous cardio on it, you know, like these long-distance runners. I could see there being some kind of benefit. Um, that being said... Um, there are pharmaceutical companies right now who are studying the uh, the insulin um, effects of cannabinoids. In other words, um, increasing insulin sensitivity, and which should help with fat loss, believe yeah. it or not. Oh, yeah. And they've come out with a couple big uh, surveys and studies on big populations. And, of course, they're not controlled. These are just surveys. But they do find that cannabis users are leaner on average than non-cannabis users. And um, they think it has to do with some of those insulin blunting effects of the cannabinoids. And so I think we'll see some diabetes drugs even come out that are made off of cannabinoids. So for, on a fat loss perspective, potentially there could be some fat loss effects. Now, I'm not saying you should use weed as a fat burner, um, but I, I find that kind of stuff fascinating. Oh, I think it's fascinating. Personally, myself, um, I actually can't smoke that much just because... Uh, and, and and I'll tell you the reason why I, I do personally is, is I like to it puts me out at night so it's that's my thing right before I go to bed um, you know typically when I come home and I get home late most of the time it's you know somewhere between eight to ten o'clock at night when I'm finally settling down and typically I'm doing something like I'm doing right now or working you know it'll be a night where I don't get home till probably nine thirty ten o'clock at night and I'm still wound up from talking and laughing with you guys. And I just have this this mind. It's a double edged sword. I mean, it's it does not stop. I constantly cannot stop thinking of ideas and business shit. I have this crazy journal next to my bed that I always write, you know, all this stuff in, and you know, it gives me a lot of sleepless nights. And the only thing that's ever worked for me is actually smoking before I go to bed. 
and it totally settles me down and kind of shuts that part of my brain off for me. It just, I can relax and, you know, I typically like to, that's when I like to sit down and maybe watch a little TV or read a little, read a book or something right before I go to bed. And then I get the just most amazing sleep. Now in the middle of the day, I do, I don't do so well in the middle of the day because I can't articulate very well. I start, I start smoking and it slows me down a bit and I ha- I'm a fast talker. Mm-hmm. And I'm an even faster thinker. And then when I when I smoke, it slows it all down. And then my mouth wants to keep moving as fast, but my brain's not working as quick. So it, and it's really obvious. So if uh, if I was high, you would know. You would know right away uh, because I do. I sound. I don't sound very intelligent. I don't think, and it, and that bothers me. And I'm around a lot of people, uh, and I I don't like feeling that way. I don't want to smell like marijuana. I don't want to look like marijuana. Like I've been smoking it. So for me. Uh, it's something that I utilize at nighttime. Uh, I've done it before going to the gym just to just to test it and see what it would be like because I have buddies that swear by it and they love it and yeah, it's not for me. Like I, I, I working out for me. I'm so mentally focused already and I like to get into my music and get into my lifting and I feel like when, if I'm high, I can't. I'm too relaxed and I can't get into a tense workout. Um, I will say though, I have done some steady state cardio sessions that I actually have enjoyed that where I'm not pushing really intense. I'm just kind of cruising on the bike or on the elliptical for 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. That's where, that's where, that's where we're seeing some of these articles from these endurance athletes. It's that kind of activity that they're noticing. Yeah. And I, and I do actually, and for me, what I notice is the time flies. I'm so caught up in my own thoughts and I'm kind of cruising along. I'm just kind of listening to the music and because I am, because I'm high from smoking, I do not notice that like, oh, shit, look, it's already been 30 minutes I've been on this thing. And, you know, it makes cardio a lot more fun. So I have done that, although I don't do it all the time just because, like I said, it's not uh, always convenient for me. It's in the middle. Sometimes I'm doing cardio middle of the day, first thing in the morning. And uh, I just can't I can't wake and bake or smoke in the day. I'm not I'm not a fun. The question is related to being a functional stoner. I am not that whatsoever. I am somebody who. Uh, like Sal, I you know I would say I use it more for medicinal reasons because it's just not uh, it's not my thing to do it all uh, throughout the day. You know, mm-hmm. which I know people that have. I know people that like they swear by it and they swear they're productive and well, they function way better on it. Well, you know? being in Silicon Valley, you know, California <laughs> California has always been known for you know marijuana. Uh, I mean, I I know executives, I know some top level people that <laughs> they use it all the time, and they're complete opposite of that stoner. Yeah, you know, stereotype, yeah, right. the loser that sits on the couch and doesn't do anything. So. I, I know people too. They, they seem more productive when they're on it. You would never yeah. guess, you know. So, and like I said, teach their own, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. So, Justin, do you have any experiences with the, uh, the, the sticky icky? He's been quiet. With yeah, I know. He's like, I don't, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add to this conversation. I mean, I every now and then, you know, I, I might uh, for party reasons or something, you know, somebody, I mean, I've smoked in. Just, just to chill, and um, so you're not pro, you're not anti. I, I really don't have any. Yeah, I don't have any swing opinion on it one way or the other. Other than I look at I look at alcohol pretty much the same. Okay, so yeah, yeah it's I think it's ridiculous as far as um, you know the what, what the uh, government wants as far as like how they're scheduling it, uh, especially if it has medicinal properties to it, where alcohol. Yeah, where's the medicinal qualities for that? Yeah, right. You know, like I don't know. It's it, it, it's a big. Uh, I don't know. I I'm really not that political about it, to be honest. It's it it's something that if it's there, you know, I'll think about it. Sometimes you know I may partake. Sometimes most of the time I won't, mm-hmm. uh, just because it doesn't really. 
I don't know. It's not not what, really what, something that resonates with me. What kind of what kind of mood do you have to be in? So obviously, you out of the three uh, of us, you you utilize edibles or smoking or yeah, whatever. Yeah, edibles it. probably more. Okay, uh, just because it's. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, it's a healthier version. Of for yeah, sure. well, it's just, it's just nice because it, it, I would have to plan my whole day where I'm like doing absolutely nothing, and I just want to be silly. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I'm asking. That's the so only time I was in a goofy it. mood. You want to yeah. watch a funny movie? You and your wife? Yeah, I just have something. too many responsibilities. I don't know. I just don't for for what it does to me. Like I don't, I don't, I don't feel productive with it, and therefore, you know, I think certain people react differently or have different strains or, you know, CBD or whatever it is. But I just haven't, I haven't really been interested in, in pursuing that. So, well, you, you can, you can overdo edibles easy. Oh yeah. You got to be very careful that you can. And I did. Well, <laughs> yeah, well for the, for the listeners that you, uh, when you smoke it, you're inhaling, um, the TH, the THC is really the main psychoactive cannabinoid. Um, but it's Delta, I believe Delta seven, uh, THC. When you eat it, your liver converts it to Delta-9. Okay, I was going to say Delta-9 is what I thought. Yeah, and, and, and Delta-9 is, if I'm not mistaken, I, I should look that up, um, but it, it's a longer-acting, more potent version. So when you smoke it, you're high for maybe an hour or two. When you eat it, you're high for four yeah. to six hours. Well, that's part, part of it. That is because, too, when you in, take it in through your lungs, you you can actually you only take in about 20% of it, and then when you actually ingest it, you're getting every bit of it. So if something is rated at, let's say, like your, your average medicinal strain marijuana is between 15 and 21%, you know, give or take. Uh, and you know when you smoke that, your body is only getting about twenty five percent of that when you inhale it through your lungs. When you actually ingest it, you're getting all of that shit. Mm-hmm. So it, it it definitely is a big difference. And then like you said, it's just it tends to intensify. I am definitely not an edible guy. I rarely ever eat edibles just for that reason. I feel like because I use it medicinally, and I know how many puffs it takes for me to just settle me down put me to sleep and i don't want more than that and i don't want less than that and i feel like with edibles you know that's the problem with uh cannabis clubs right now is there isn't like you know one place will say this is a four doser and the four doser i barely feel anything from it then another place i'll have a two doser and it puts me down for 12 hours yeah it's it's not consistent you know how how they made it how they measured Mm -hmm. it like it's you know a lot of them are mom paused Mm -hmm. it's not like gw who's pharmaceutically measuring it out and and that's what's great about a company like that that's doing that is they're you know they're trying to make it to where that's how it should be you should be able to say i know that when i ingest five milligrams ten milligrams of this that it feels the same way every Mm -hmm. single time because it's consistent well uh i want to correct by the way delta nines when you smoke it delta it turns into 11 hydroxy t Okay. Which go, which is what happens when it goes to the liver. So it does change a little bit, but it's still uh, tetrahydrocannabinol, I think it's called. Um, yeah, edibles are. Uh, I'm real sensitive to them, um, so I don't really do them very often. The side effects. We should go over the side effects of just just to be responsible on the show. Um, you will get you some. Most people do experience some short term memory loss. However, um, they're finding CBD counteracts that. So people who use strains that are higher in CBD counteract some of that short-term memory loss that you might get from uh, THC. So there's definitely some side effects. Just like anything, now, you know, guys. Short, short-term memory loss while you're while you're uh, high or in general. Like so, like I, I so smoke- if whatever. So if you're reading something while you're under the influence, you're not gonna. It's gonna be harder to remember when you're not under okay, the influence. Okay, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, like, if you're high all day, then you're gonna have a bad memory in terms of what <laughs> yeah, happened yesterday. Yeah, you know, the yeah, day that you yeah, were all yeah. high, right? 
So, but that's just okay. That's but that's not okay. So I I haven't smoked since like three days ago because I've been sick and right. so I'm not my short term memory is not affected today right. from three days ago. So right, okay. it shouldn't be, it shouldn't okay. be. But there's there's more science that's going into it. Nonetheless, the side effects are pretty small in comparison to other things that people do. But uh, just to be clear, it's just like anything else. You can overdo it, overuse it, and if you want to be a loser. And smoke pot all day long. All day long, then you're, well, the, you're, a, you're a loser. Has I mean, it's not the pot. You're just a loser. Well, the, the advice I gave, you know, talk about being, uh, you know, this was a tough thing that I had to go through. I'm the oldest of five, and I got all these younger siblings. So this was a really tough situation for me. Is to answer these type of questions to you know your younger brother and sister who are 17, 18, 19, 20, you're in their twenties now you know, coming up and like, you know, how do I, how do I explain this to them? Cause you know, they're going through, they're going, they're hearing it from the kids that are just getting high to get high. And mm-hmm. you know, they have the older brother who has a cannabis club and Oh, he's, that's so cool. You know? And it's like, man, that was, that was a hard one for me to explain. I remember having a couple long talks with uh, my brother cause he was the first one to express any sort of interest in it when he was around 19, you know? And I was like, man, bro, I, like, you, you know, one of the things I, I know I'm Mr. Pro for it and I'm all about the whole cannabis club and you, you hear me talk about all this stuff and I'm obviously in the business, but you know, I, here's the thing, you know, you take care of your priorities first and, and you do that and, and make sure you handle that. And if this is something that you choose to do or, you know, make sure you, you take that in consideration and you pay attention to how it affects you because it affects everybody differently. And just like any, like Sal was saying, like anything else, it can take control of you just like a damn Snickers bar can. You know what I'm saying? It starts with one Snickers bar, and it's not because it's it's like it's an addictive thing. You know, it's not like there's any. Well, problem. you like it. Anything you like can be addictive. Exactly. You, you enjoy- addic- addicted to sex. Paul uh, addicted to gambling. Addicted to you know. Exactly. It's not like there's something in the marijuana that has addictive properties. It's not like there's something in the Snickers bar that has the addictive properties. It's the simple fact that these are things you enjoy, like you said, and you know, one one Snickers bar leads to two, then three. If the next thing you know, you're having five Snickers bars a day every day. <laughs> we need to ban those. You're going to be a fat ass. <laughs> Just make Snickers. You know schedule one. You said Reese's. I'd be like all on your. Team, right. Why well, I'm a Reese's uh, guy too. I'm, a, I'm not a Snickers guy. I don't know why I use Snickers. I, don't know. I think I must have seen it because you don't want to demonize uh, Reese's. Yeah, no, that's what it is. you're probably right. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Yeah. Reese's is perfect. Were you the one that told me about that that one pound <laughs> Reese's cup? Well, told you I bought it. Oh hell, <laughs> I bought it, ate it, made myself sick, you. dude. Oh. Around Chris, it was around Christmas time. I did a post on Instagram. Did you ever see that? One? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was a one. It was pound. like a bucket. It was, it was a, like, like like a mini bucket of peanut a, butter. It was a one pound. It was a one pound Reese's peanut butter. How cup. many bites did you even get through? Oh no, I had to. I had to. It was two of them, and they were they were literally the size. I remember I put them up next to my watch, my Bentley. Oh, it was like literally see. three times the size. It was like the size. Each one was like the size of these microphone things. And I, I broke, yeah, I had to break it up in a couple sittings, but it still made me pretty sick. It was, and it was honestly having them. What okay? Uh, her, is it Hershey's that makes Reese's? Hershey's, right? I don't know who oh, makes. Are Hershey's? they the same? I don't know if it's the same company. I think Hershey's does make Reese's. Yeah, probably. I think so. I don't know whoever makes them. They have they have broken the science down to the perfect ratio <laughs> yeah. of chocolate to peanut butter and the size everything because at that size it's not perfect. There's too much. Uh, it's because, overkill because there's less surface area. You get less chocolate, just, mostly yeah, peanut butter. Just overkill, dude. It was like yeah. this is a lot, dude. Like you <laughs> smack. If you're somebody who gets down on that. Bro, like that's when you know you need to like 
like pull back and like reflect a little bit. Like you need a whole gallon of milk to get that oh, shit down. Oh yeah, it did. It made me. It, you know what I ended up doing? I remember I ended up freezing it and then like breaking it all up in like little slivers, and then I throw it in my protein shakes. So I was like, I could. The first uh, one like made me sick eating. I'm like, but then it was like in my freezer and just like anything else that's in my house, it's like it's gonna get eaten. You know? so, <laughs> I, I find it ironic that we start with <laughs> we're talking about cannabis and we end up talking about <laughs> yeah, like we're candy. dude. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, so if you smoke and and you, and you go through all that, like she's talking about performance like how can you stick with your your deficit and being well, that's, in, like on a meal plan so and that's smoking another, very very good point so that you know and that is a good point that justin's bringing up right now because because i couldn't do that <clears throat> i that's like, that's part of another reason just, why i don't smoke in the middle of the day because i get crazy cravings i start to it now flip that though i have utilized it for bulking reasons well i was i had a very hard time putting weight on and I, I couldn't eat. I didn't want to eat anymore. I'd get full really fast and easy. And something I started to do was after my last meal, I would wait. I wouldn't smoke all day. I'd eat my last meal and then I would smoke and then I'd be hungry again. And then I would go eat. I'd eat another meal. I'd go pound another meal or make myself a big heavy weight gainer shake. Then I'd be able to get it down and that would help me put weight on. So I'd use it for that. But if you're in the lean, if you're trying to cut, <laughs> if you're trying to lean down. <laughs> yeah, bulking's never been an issue for me. Yes, exactly. So I, I, I have for performance. This guy can bulk. Yeah, I, I have used it for that. So, But I, as far as for leaning down properties, uh, that's why I save it when I'm in the bed. I literally am in the bed. I have my stuff right on the side of my bed and it's like, take my two or three puffs and then I'm out. I can't. I don't, I don't want to lay I don't want to be down the refrigerator by the refrigerator at all around that time. Eat Reese's. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.